As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bow and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bow and Zach are here to Walk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I have a radio hit that I'm late for. I'm gonna give my prediction. You guys can stick on. Is that okay? Unbelievable. We, like, we now we find out who has priority. This is ridiculous. We've been on for an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Looking forward to the post game pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Wednesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here with plenty to talk about as we continue to. Pick up the scraps following the Eagles' Super Bowl loss. But boy, is there some news. Jonathan Gannon going to Arizona to be the head coach of the Cardinals. Shane Steichen going to Indianapolis to be the head coach of the Colts. So the Eagles left having to hire a pair of coordinators and maybe backfill some other positions. We will get to all of that. We talked to the Eagles in locker room cleanout yesterday. Some interesting comments from A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. We'll get to that as well. But we got to start with Marissa. How are you? Um, I'm doing great. Um, I know that this is probably a sad pod for people to listen to because there should be a parade today. But I know we are going to bring lots of great coverage this offseason. So I hope people stick around and um, are excited about what's to come. How are you? Happy belated Valentine's Day. Yes. Happy, happy belated, belated Valentine's Day. Day. Zach, yes. how are you? To how you and yours. Day? Yes, to you and yours, Zach. <laughs> um, every day is Valentine's let's Day. Let's start this me, podcast right? by wishing a happy Valentine's Day to Emily Berman. Yes. Let's let's do so. Uh, every Valentine, every day is Valentine's Day, right? Um, but that doesn't mean That's, that. That could get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it could. Um, no, uh, how am I? I'm I'm doing well. I'm happy to see the two of you. Uh, there was there's a lot going on in Eagles land as as we discussed. They cleaned out the lockers, like you mentioned. The coordinator search is ongoing. First team since the 2013 Cincinnati Bengals to lose both the offensive and defensive coordinator in the same year. It could have happened in two, you know, with the 2017 Patriots, but McDaniel's went back to uh, New England. Uh, that said, this is uh, 
this is an important time as as Bo wrote as 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 Bo outlined here. Um, as, Who was it? The Bengals, Jay Gruden, Mike Zimmer. Yes. All right. Okay. Yep. Uh, so the Nick Sirianni mentioned back in January, in early January, mid January, when these reports were starting to surface, that one you know one of the most important things for a head coach to do is replace the staff and. We talked. Are they? Is it going to be one? Is it going to be none? For it to be both, uh, this is this is pretty significant. And, uh, and and when I alluded to what Bo said, he put on Twitter yesterday how the Eagles had remarkable staff continuity last year. The only one they lost was Jim Bob Cooter, who was kind of behind. You know, he helped situationally, right? Uh, but was not a position coach per se. And now here the Eagles are. They lost both coordinators, and I think there's going to be more staff exodus exits. Exodus from the staff, uh, if 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 you will, because you know some of these position coaches could become coordinators. Yeah, uh, that's all a way. When of they saying, join the staff, the 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 usual thing is they sign two year deals, and yep. so several of them have contracts coming up. And so we will we will see, but you know, there's it's not the off season; it's the non playing season. Mm. I think that's an important distinction to make because. We are on every, because every person you meet um, in your regular day to day life, like at school drop off, says, "So what do you what do you do in the off season?" And you say, "Well, my yeah. job still the same thing." Yeah, or you know, your first day back from the Super Bowl, and it's it's like, yeah, I I got to go into the team facility, and then two coaches leave, and I got to write a story at night, mm -hmm. and then uh, you're sending texts, you're making calls, and uh, it happens to be Valentine's Day too, so. Mm -hmm. Well, before we get to all of the Eagles, all of the news, and, and we will get to it, uh, I, I think we need to start with Swooper Sorecasting um, because there have been some shenanigans afoot. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on before you start. That's cute. Well-deserved, Marissa. That's, that's well cute. Deserved. Uh, you are getting way too ahead of yourself. For our audio listeners, I just whipped out my handmade crown that I made uh, about five minutes before the pod started. Yes. And my printer is running low on ink, if you couldn't tell, but... Now, last we last we left, uh, I was I was the champion. Wait, I had two I, points I, to one to one. Hold on, we should we should clarify here in Swooper and in elections, you can't just declare yourself the winner. Hold on, winner, okay. Hold okay. on, we have a lot to unpack here. Okay, <laughs> take it easy. Now, let's start with Marissa. When we left, we did not think that there had been two plays run on the football logos of the field. I don't know who Marissa paid to review the footage, but but somehow some anonymous benefactor found two plays play on for both teams from the footballs. Absolutely. Shout out to that amazing listener. You I got that. You everything. Fantastic. Yeah. Good job by you. That moves you to two, which uh, would, in theory, tie you with Zach. I don't know why you're wearing a crown. You would have to have one with Zach, too. That would. But you would okay. I'm the queen. He's the king. Now. We did not count up the explosive plays. The item here that I had, the Eagles win the explosive play battle as defined by Nick Sirianni. Zach, how does Nick Sirianni define the explosive play battle? You're muted. Okay, uh, uh, 10 plus yards rushing and 16 plus yards passing. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs had nine such plays. The Philadelphia Eagles had nine such plays. But, Zach, when Nick Sirianni 
looks at the explosive play battle, what does he also do? Special teams? No. Yeah. Nick Sirianni says that when they are measuring the explosive play battle, they count up the plays and you jog my memory here. The yardage. They count okay. up the oh, yardage yes. from the explosive oh, plays. Yes, yes. The but Kansas City not... Chiefs on their nine plays oh. of explosive plays, 159 yards. The Eagles on their nine plays of explosive plays, 222 yards. The Eagles, as defined by Nick Sirianni, won the explosive play battle. That's that. Two okay. points for me. No. Now. No, that is not how you refer to it on the show. We the other go. Day. You said as defined the by the mirror play cowards draw knocked over pylon. Some listener or whoever did identify the third and seven run to Kenny Gainwell, and that is what uh, apparently has knocked away the cowards draw. Not going to happen. Not on my watch. There third was and seven also a video. Run. A, a listener tweeted at us a video of a pylon being knocked over. The yardage pylon. That's we an imaginary say... pylon. That's a that's a that's a television prop we pylon. That's not not, a, not an end zone pylon. We did not say the end zone pylon. The Kenny Gainwell run, not a coward's draw by the person who uh, invented the coward's draw. It was a third and seven run to set up a fourth down go. It was also not a draw. That's a hit for me. Three for me. Two for Marissa. One for Zach. I am the champion as deserved over the course of the season. Duh. Congratulations to Bo. As the chat is saying, clearly a win for Bo. Fantastic. You can't just, I mean. Denise has been our judge and jury all season long. And yeah. waking up this morning to his <laughs> ruling was epic. And he did not rule that you won, Bo. He said that I was the winner, which means I and Ty with Zach. Listen, new evidence has been has been shown. He will admit, rightfully so, that I am the champion. Thank you very much. Done deal. We can go to break. <laughs> well, this is so 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 this is a bold strategy here to what you do is is late in the night when everyone's bleary-eyed, you just declare yourself the champion. Okay, <laughs> you declare yourself the winner, disregarding all all facts and figures that that go along with it. Okay, that's one part of the strategy. And then what you do after an independent an independent third party declares a legal and rightful winner. What you do, therefore, is you go after and you you start to try to change rules. Say some counties count and some I'm counties not changing fall. anything. Um, as defined by Nick Sirianni. As defined by Nick Sirianni, the Eagles won the explosive play battle. Wait. And that was you, not a coward's draw. You you said in the podcast on, well, it was Thursday night, but we, it, it appeared Friday. That based on the their their formula of ten plus, you did not say the yardage when you. I didn't, you say, said, I, I, I didn't say it wasn't the yardage. You said ten plus runs. I didn't say that. Plus it wasn't my item. No, we we defined it in the we defined it as, as defined because, by Nick Sirianni. Those were the words. No, the parameters, the explosive <laughs> plays, not not win the, the explosive play battle as defined by Nick Sirianni. No, because originally, ask, if you want to call Professor up Nick Sirianni said, and ask him if the Eagles won the explosive play battle in the Super Bowl, he will tell you that they did. Professor Selman said 
12 plus yards and 16 plus yards. And then I, I clarified. No, there it's not that 12. Nick it's 10. Cause if it's 12, the Eagles won that. So that's what I, Bo, once again, you're interrupting. This is like a debate where <laughs> the, 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 the candidate keeps just interrupting thinks and thinks that his time is. So I, I, I can see where you're getting your strategies here. Um, I clarified that Nick Sirianni counts it as 10 plus that is 10 plus yards for runs. Right. And therefore professor Selman clarified that for the ruling here. So Zach, that is what we were you working know, off of. You know better than anyone that Nick Sirianni defines it. He measures it by plays and yardage. He that's has in talked addition, about this. Yeah, that's, that's in addition to – so there are two separate things. The, the yardage doesn't the trump the explosive play battle. He says they also look at that. It doesn't – I don't think it replaces it, but, but I'll get clarification from Nick. Okay. I'm sure he has other things on his right. plate. When we get Nick Sirianni message, on Birds with Friends, <laughs> yes. we will ask yes. him if they won the explosive play battle in the Super Bowl. And if he says no, then you will be the champion. No, because Marissa and I will have tied. Yes. And yes. that will be uh, – and if you and I tie Marissa, somehow Zach gets it because we would split. I'd be at 10 and a half. He'd be at 11. <laughs> now I'm confused. That's the point. <laughs> Me and Zach are the winners, declared by Denise. Mm-hmm. I'm the queen. He is the king. Yeah. And you Absolutely know what? We're out. <laughs> I will actually say to Marissa, I will say, Marissa, I think you deserve it. So that is so patronizing. No, Zach, it, we are co we are co-winners. Co-champions? Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. So then you're talking then to the well, I'm back to back then, right? Yeah. Back no, to you back. guys lost. Yeah. I am the champion. I won. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty clear, cut and dried here. So uh, I'm sorry for the many false starts. Uh, all three of us have been declared champions at different points over the past uh, 12 hours, but now it is final, um, and I will, I will, uh, I will hear no more, <laughs> no more talk on the matter. I think we need to get Deniz on here for his um, ruling, but I mean, you can check out Twitter. He has a nice little thread on it, and it's very clear what he stated. So that's all I gotta say. Let the let the fact show itself. I don't need to make up new rules. I'm okay. not making up any. No one's making up new rules. These are the rules. This is what happened. So, uh, congratulations to me. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about <laughs> what's next for the Eagles. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back on Birds of Friends. Second, Marissa. Um, I put mine back on for our audio listeners. Bo went during the commercial break and got his real crown, unlike my paper crown. But you know what? We'll both wear it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Okay, 
Zach, just need uh, to get Zach a crown. A very newsy. I'm good. A very, a very newsy day. Yes, uh, for, for sure. The Eagles yesterday. Let's let's obviously start with uh, the coaching staff turnover, mm -hmm. uh, the de the departures of of Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, as you said. Uh, Nick Sirianni was was you know prepared for this possibility to some degree, but this is a much different challenge for Nick Sirianni than uh, what he's been through the past two years. As you as you said before, no no turnover last year, and now having to backfill uh, both of these jobs and potentially other people leaving. Uh, I guess let's start with how you expect the coaching staff to look next season. I think it's fair to say that the like the odds on uh favorites for replacements are brian johnson on offense and denard wilson on defense but but probably the one on defense is a little bit less um set in stone yes i i think you've you've framed it well they have in-house candidates this is something that that they've been looking at and thinking about and brian johnson is certainly the name to watch on offense we've also discussed kevin Platulo, uh but Brian Johnson's going to be an offensive coordinator out of here or somewhere else next year, right? So it would it would behoove uh, the Eagles to promote him. He's he's a he's a talented coach. He has a background with Jalen Hurts. Now I, I I said this when they hired him, and I'll say this again. I think it's it's short changes or undersells, however you want to phrase it. Brian Johnson, when when all the discussion is about the background with Jalen Hurts, if if Brian Johnson. Did not know Jalen Hurts before he got this job. He would have been accomplished. He 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 would have been like uh, merit. It, it would have been a, a merited job. If you look at the work he did with Kyle Trask, you look at the work he did with Dak Prescott, you look at the work he did with Nick Fitzgerald. So point being, and he's he's done terrific work, obviously here with Hurts during these past two years. I think if he gets promoted to offensive coordinator, it's not to placate Jalen Hurts. It's because Brian Johnson has 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 earned it, and I I, I want to make sure I said that because. A lot of the conversation is is this is the guy who Jalen Hurts wants. And so, no, this is the guy who's earned this job. I think that's a good point. That's an important yeah. point. Um, I also think that it's hard to not take into account yeah. the relationship with Jalen Hurts only from the sense of, like, you don't want Jalen Hurts, you know, this is a long-term marriage we're talking about. You don't, you don't want to lose a guy sure. who he likes, uh, especially, like, what after you just saw what happened when there was some offensive continuity on, on the staff. Right. Correct. But, but I think I, you're right. Like this is, this is not a, uh, yeah. this is not a, um, you know, a, a handout for Jalen Hurts' buddy. This is a guy who, that, who has earned it, this, this job. Exactly. And and that's the point I, I wanted to make and not like, not to take anything away from press Taylor, right? Because press Taylor is a really smart offensive coach too. There was a perception, I think internally and externally that, you know, cars that, Press Taylor, someone who like Carson Wentz was comfortable with and familiar with, right? And when when the Eagles went that route, that was something that you kept hearing. Brian Johnson, um, he he certainly has a relationship, a longstanding relationship with with Jalen Hurts. He played for Jalen Hurts' father, but Brian Johnson, like he 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 could be the Panthers' offensive coordinator. He was rumored to be the Ravens' offensive coordinator. There's there's teams that are interested in in Brian Johnson, and it has nothing to do with. The fact that he played for Jalen Hurts' father. So, but the fact that the quarterback likes him, respects him, works well with him, certainly a plus. Uh, defensively, Denard Wilson is—he's uh, <clears throat> someone who's very well regarded <laughs> by the players inside the building. Uh, he was a defensive backs coach before he got to Philly for the Rams and the Jets in Greg in in Greg Williams' system in both places. 
Greg Williams' system, for those who are unfamiliar with it, is far more comparable to what the Eagles ran with Jim Schwartz than what the Eagles ran the past two years with Jonathan Gannon. That's not to say that they, if Wilson's the coach they would have or the defense coordinator, they would have a scheme change, but it's not like just hiring for this scheme. And I think there's a little more unknown with the defensive personnel. The offensive continuity is very important because you know who your quarterback's going to be. You know who your key players are going to be. Plus the offense is still, it's still Nick Sirianni's offense. So the offense isn't going to change. Um, if they had brought in an, an external coach, it would still be Nick Sirianni's offense. I think the defense, there's a little more question there. So that's why I like the way you framed it, that they could hire externally for defense. Now, if if if, if Gannon was hired or believed to, to have been the front runner a few weeks ago, Vic Fangio's name would mm. come up quite a bit. And Vic Fangio, we should say, hasn't officially signed with the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins just announced it today. They just announced it today. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. So then it's I was thinking be, the same thing that like yeah. no this could be this could be yeah. like a late push from Jeffrey Lurie but but today. yeah but like timing matters you know because look if Shane Steich I I still think the Eagles would have promoted um either Brian Johnson or Kevin Petullo if Shane Steichen was the choice a month ago but there are external guys like Tommy Reese for instance Bo's favorite coach who has left Notre Dame for Alabama but that's someone who I, I imagine, you know, Nick Sirianni probably I, – I bet Nick Sirianni calls Tommy Reese every year trying to get him to come to the NFL, right? So there's there's like there are uh, – You think he's at, memorized the number? Well, at this stage, do you really memorize the numbers? You probably just save it in your cell phone, right? Do you know your wife's number? Yes. Okay. Do you know Michael's number, Marissa? Um, this is actually a controversial topic. I just learned it about a week ago. Okay. Do you know Emily's number? I do. Okay. I, I do. Um but there are people in my in my phone who I don't know their number, and I would have if I knew them twenty years ago, right? So, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so as I was ask yeah. questions about the homework. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I so the timing here matters, right? After the Super Bowl, it's it's harder uh, to you're either looking for someone who is out of work or you're looking for someone who has a lower job, but when someone's already been hired as an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator somewhere, it's hard to get them to be, to have a lateral position for you. Right. So that's, that's something to uh, be mindful of, but, but yeah, defense, I do think they'll, they'll look externally too. Well, well I, I should say too, they're required to look externally for both jobs. Um, they have to interview, uh, they have to, to interview an external, a minority candidate externally for both jobs by, you know, by rule with the Rooney rule which is a good role in place, but it would behoove them to see who's out there too. Um, no matter who that, that coach is. I always think it's valuable to hear different perspectives, to meet different people. And sometimes you can see what people think of your system. You can learn different schemes. You can just have different coaches on your radar. So they should do that. But in some cases too, time might be of the essence. So certainly to pay attention to. I think one thing that you just sort of um, mentioned about the defense that, um, you know, there's not going to be continuity on defense anyway. Yes. Because they're going to like, there's going to be seven or eight guys who played significant snaps on defense who are not going to be on the team next year. So it's going to be different personnel anyway. Uh, maybe it's not quite as, as harmful. Let me tell me if you agree or disagree with this statement. I believe that Jonathan Gannon will be a better head coach than Shane Steichen, but that the Eagles will miss Shane Steichen more 
then they miss Jonathan Gannon. Hmm. Good question here. Uh, I, I tend to think most head coaches are not slam dunks that circumstances have a lot to do with it. So that depends who's the quarterback for Indianapolis. Uh, what's your opinion of Kyler Murray? I think that goes for, for both of them. I think Jonathan Gannon, I'll, I'll say this and look, there's been a lot of Jonathan Gannon talk on this podcast from you, from me, from professor Selman. Um, I don't think Jonathan Gannon was hired because of his scheme. I don't think Jonathan Gannon was hired based on the performance of the defense. And we can have reasonable debate because of the performance of the defense. Oh, you mean as a head coach? Yes, yeah. as a head coach, I mean. Okay, yeah. I think Jonathan yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the appeal to the Arizona Cardinals for Jonathan Gannon was the leadership, the communication, the energy, the vision. I don't think it was because the Eagles ran this particular scheme or the way they performed in the Super Bowl. I've heard it, Jonathan Gannon had a bad Super Bowl. There's no defending the Eagles defense in that Super Bowl, especially in the, in the, in the second half. Uh, and I've seen the analogy elsewhere that this is like hiring Matt Patricia after the Super Bowl in 2017. If you're hiring, jo if, if you're hiring Jonathan Gannon based on the Super Bowl performance, you probably have a bad process for hiring a head coach, right? Because I think there's very little correlation between the way you call a defense in the Super Bowl and the way, you know, and all that goes into being a head coach, being a head coach is, I don't uh, think there's it, no correlation. I mean, you're talking about, I think you there's have, little correlation. you have like a long lead up to a very important game. Like how do you, how do you prepare? How do you get people sure. ready? I, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's completely yeah. disparate, but yeah, it's not a, it's not yeah. a one-to-one. -one. So, 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 so that's what I'm saying there. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I've said this before. I, I mean, it'll be hypocritical for me to go otherwise. I think Jonathan Gannon can be a really good head coach in this league. But I, I think this is a player's league. And uh, I'm I'm higher on Kyler Murray than you are. I, 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 is that accurate to say, Bo? Yes. Because we've, we've disagreed on the Cardinals' job. Um, he's also, I mean, in the short term, he's not going to be ready to play. Exactly, like yeah. November, he's December. Well, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to have them 32nd on the power rankings. I don't know. Uh, much about you know is it Monty Austinfort? Am I mm -hmm. pronouncing it correctly? Uh, I, I mean, I know his resume, but I don't not know well him thought personally. of enough in the Tennessee Titans building to interview for the only other open general manager job. But um, so so I I think that uh, yeah I think personnel is going to have a lot to do with it there. Uh, and, now. and it's a it's it is a roster in not good yeah. shape because uh, they were built. They had this very old roster to begin with last year on defense. You know, they lose their three. Their, well, they, they could lose their three best players. J.J. Watt's gone. Uh, Zach Allen and Byron Murphy are both free agents. The offensive line's not good. DeAndre Hopkins is 30 years old. You got you got Hollywood Brown, I guess. But um, it's it is it is a, a team not in good shape. They have the third overall pick. So, yeah, you know, that's yeah. Something, but yeah. So I, I I mean, can he 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 rise above his it, I will see. I, I think talent has a lot to do with this. Um, but, uh, but I think if you were giving me um, situation agnostic, like mm -hmm. without knowing what's going on, I think I would probably rather have Jonathan Gannon as a, I think I would, I would be more likely to hire Jonathan Gannon as a head coach than Shane Steichen for some of the reasons you said. Um, I think with Shane, you're getting, you're getting some uh, offensive expertise and some, some play calling bona fides. Uh, but I, I do think that like Jonathan Gannon strikes me as more likely to like set up a uh, like top down 
well-run organization with um, like a cohesive philosophy um, just based on, on, you know, talkings to him. Now the, the, to other the, people. the second part of your question. Uh, now, but hold on. I also think we should say be, you know, um, the thing about like, you know, you wouldn't hire somebody like a defensive coordinator coming off a Super Bowl like that based on their performance and same for Matt Patricia. I mean, I think I think it is it is right to say that, um, you know, if Jonathan Gannon was a different color, he probably would not be hired. Um, like, that's just not that's what history would tell us. I think like his resume uh, and even Shane Steichen's resume compared to similar people. Um, you know, the, the fact that they're white guys helps them a lot. I, look, I mean, I think the NFL has a major issue here. I think that and and that's independent of of Jonathan Gannon or Shane Steichen. I think that that the NFL has a major issue. And yeah, I I would. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if if I would go as far as to say Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen were hired because of the color of their skin. I, I, I think, you know, that there's but I would agree the NFL has a major issue in this hiring cycle. I did I not address it. They were more likely to be hired than otherwise. Yeah, yeah. That, that this this hiring cycle did did not address an issue that that remains on ongoing in the NFL. Nor has, and it's, nor has any it, hiring cycle. And it's and it's something to uh, to definitely monitor here, especially as the Eagles hire an offensive coordinator, because I I, I think we're continuing now, Jonathan Gannon aside, we're continuing to see a trend of offensive coordinators um, being hired or, you know, former head coaches, which you've seen in, in some other places, but offensive coordinators in particular. And this is something that that is 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 important to watch and important to monitor and building that pipeline is important for sure. Um, but uh, okay, to the, the second, second part of the question. Yeah, to the second part of your question. Yeah, I I think that it's it's I think Shane Steichen showed the last year and a half that he is a good play caller and especially good play caller for this offense. And not to say it's it's easy to find a good defensive coordinator, but I think that there are more good defensive coordinators out there than there are good play callers out there. Is that fair to say? I could see that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, so how are they? Opinion. Yeah. So, so now Brian, I just Johnson, think it matters less. Yeah. For, well, Brian Johnson, from, from my understanding, called plays uh, in 2020 at Florida and they had a really interesting offense there. I mean, Kyle Trask was, uh, you know, record setting quarterback. Uh, Kyle Pitts was awesome at tight end. Kadarius Tony uh, was, was used very creatively at wide receiver uh, so there, that was a good offense in 2020. Now, Dan Mullen was the head coach and it was his offense. Right. But from my understanding, and I could be wrong here, if anyone is following along and knows otherwise, let me know. But my understanding is in 2020, Brian Johnson did call plays there. Uh, so Johnson has experience. Um, but, but, but certainly he, he, he doesn't have the NFL track record of calling plays and time will tell how, how that goes. Um, that's, that's a big part of what. Shane Steichen did. I, I think, you know, like I said, Nick Sirianni, and he's gone on record saying this, and you wrote about this in your piece a week ago. You're, if you, I assume everyone should check that out, but make sure you you read it. If 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 not, that Nick Sirianni takes pride in this being his offense, right? Like he, the game planning, even the installation, uh, the game, the, the play design, that's coming from Nick. And Nick has said if it's if it's Steichen calling it, if it's Brian Johnson calling it, if it's Kevin Petulo, if it's Jason Michael, if it's Jeff Stoutland, it's 
hits Sirianni's offense. Um, the defense, it's a little different. Sorry. I keep having this problem of Sirianni when I say Sirianni, Sirianni. Uh, yeah. Uh, the defense is a little different story here. And so, but I, I, I'm curious to see if they stay in the, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you. Do, do you stay in the Vic Fangio school here and Sean Desai with the Seahawks as someone who's been a defensive coordinator with the Bears, uh, has Temple connections, right? He, he uh, was a grad assistant, was an assistant at Temple. I think he, he has a graduate degree from Temple. And he's the assistant head coach. But it'd be a, I, I, you know, it's not a lateral move to go to defensive coordinator. He'd be overseeing a, a unit. So that's a, a name that I've heard. Um, I think uh, Jeff McLean from the Inquirer and Birds of Friends guest had uh, Peter Hansen from, um, he's the Panthers linebackers coach now, but interesting. From the Broadway know, show, Dear Peter Hansen. <laughs> that's Evan Hansen, right? I know yeah. that one. Um, uh, he is a reference out of you. Nice job. Yeah. Yeah. Emily likes that show. So I've, I haven't seen it, but I think I told her that I would see it at some point. Um, that'd be a good thing to, you know, it'd be a valent Valentine's, Valentine's yeah. Yes. 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 Um, something's, but yeah, yeah. Something will be good. Maybe, maybe Mother's Day. Make sure you knock that one out of the park. Yeah. Or just like a random Tuesday. That's the other mm -hmm. thing I've learned. Sometimes the, the, I think it was from Finding Forrester, and they said the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift and an unexpected punch the cage, Jamal. <laughs> um, so, uh, as as I was saying, Peter Hansen is uh, he Pete Hansen is a uh, he's the linebackers coach for the Panthers now. Was with the Broncos last year, but has a background with the 49ers and at Stanford with Vic Fangio and. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff put his name out there and Jeff's very plugged in, but you know, I, I still think Denard Wilson is the internal candidate to watch and cast a wide net. I, I, I see in the chat, people are saying Vance Joseph, um, Adam Schefter said that on radio this morning, Vance Joseph, uh, was the Cardinals defensive coordinator last year, former Broncos head coach had success as the Dolphins defensive coordinator in the past. It would behoove the Eagles to cast a wide net, um, because like we've discussed, this defense could look an awful uh, could look awfully different. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a totally different defense, even if it is Denard Wilson. Um, five of the seven starters in the back seven are free agents. Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are free agents. To say nothing of you know Linval Joseph and Brandon Graham and Dominic and Sue, guys like that. Um, Nick Rallis, the linebackers coach, sounds like is probably going to go to Arizona with Jonathan Gannon. So that's another position to backfill. Uh, who knows what else is, is going to happen there? So it's going to it's going to be a different staff, a different group of personnel um, entirely. And it's going to be an interesting challenge for, for Howie Roseman this offseason. But yeah. in in 2016, in 2016, the Eagles specifically high. I mean, they hired Jim Schwartz for a lot of reasons. Jim Schwartz was a very established defensive coordinator. But at that time, the Eagles clearly identified how he, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Fletcher Cox is a centerpiece for their defense. And, and one of the things they wanted was to maximize their elite talent, was to maximize Fletcher Cox. And they viewed Jim Schwartz, who had a great resume, but especially when you, when they saw what he did with Indomitian Sue, they saw what he did with Albert Hainsworth, they saw what he did with Marcel Darius. They thought that was a chance to really maximize Fletcher Cox. Um, I'm not saying the Eagles should make a hire based on Hassan Reddick. 
but whoever they hire needs to have a very clear vision for how to maximize Hassan Reddick because Hassan Reddick is a unique player. We've, we've seen this in the past and he's not like a, an every scheme player. And the worst thing they could do is well, not the worst thing, but a very bad thing they could do is bring in a, a defensive coordinator. And then we're talking in November, how this guy doesn't know how to use Hassan Reddick. Uh, I think Hassan Reddick is, is the best player on there. or is the most important player on their defense right now. I think that's a good point. Um, I also think that maybe we, to some degree, overrated the 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 degree to which you need to maximize, like, like you need to change your scheme for him. Like we were so worried in the summer about, oh, how often are they going to ask him to drop? And really, like the truth is, you just you just put him on the edge on third down, and he's going to be fine. Um, I don't know how much I don't know how much like scheme versatility. Yeah. There isn't there. I think I think he can pretty much play anywhere. Yeah, but, negative. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I do think they, they need to start. You know, they need to say, how are you going to use Hassan Reddick, right? Yeah. What's what's your what's your Hassan Reddick plan? Uh, that's that that is is Let is him get very out to the quarterback. Yeah, and but but how and where, and when on third down all, from the edge. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> or first and second down too. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I it's just going to be it's going to be it's an it's a very interesting test of Sirianni, and also we know that you know this is something that Howie Rosen is going to be involved in as well. Um, you know, trying to trying to leverage his own connections across the league. It's not going to be just who Sirianni knows. Yeah, and and that's that's part of the 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 difficulty in in saying they're going to hire X, Y, or Z because. Uh, it's a very important hire. I would say defensive coordinator more than offensive coordinator because I I have a strong expectation that the offensive coordinator's internal. And even though I think I think Denard Wilson would be a good candidate internally, I, I think the defensive coordinator there there might be a little more flexibility. And the other thing too that I I'll like say a Denard is, Wilson. I talked to him a little yeah. bit about a little bit about this topic sort of uh, during Super Bowl week, which I'll I'll write about later. So. Yeah, I like Denard Wilson too, and I think uh, you know, I mean, similar to Gannon, he has a, a background in scouting, and I think that helps you sometimes with understanding personnel. Um, he he was he wasn't like uh, he he was in camp, I believe, uh, in an NFL camp earlier in his career, but he he's worked at different places with different defensive coaches. Uh, players rave about him, and I'm always for people getting an opportunity. Like uh, it, most you know, important I, part of, the, of his resume, of course, Marissa. I'm not sure. Guess He's where he in college. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, overlapped with Coach Flynn. Well, I mean, then that's a no-brainer. Yeah, mm. yeah, um, and, and I, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, there's, there's, there's often this, this um, predisposition. Sure. To 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 like hire the established defensive coordinator, right? Like, like find someone who's been there, done that. Well, like everyone needs a first, everyone needs an opportunity for a first time. And I, and I think that uh, if, if you believe in, in Denard Wilson, you can do that. Uh, you know, I, it doesn't need to be someone who's been a defensive coordinator before. Um, but Marissa, you I, okay. Me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. I'm just avoiding the sun. <laughs> the sun from my window is like shining in. So I keep moving my position. I'm great. 
Okay. No, this is all um, interesting. Uh, but uh, I'm worried. You know, we're I, still, I'm worried we're still on the uh, arguing over Swooper. Oh no, I'm just fine. The crown fits just fine. <laughs> um, and, but I, 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 I think too that there was a strong belief last year that the Eagles could lose Gannon to the Texans' job, and so Nick Sirianni got a head start on kind of thinking about different defensive mm-hmm. coordinator candidates. I mean, certainly there was a belief that they could lose Steichen this offseason. But I, I, I think Spike they, they've had a year to plan for defensive coordinators. If, if you want some, like, outside-the-box hires, like, uh, I mean, Jim Leonard was great at Wisconsin. Like, his defenses were awesome to watch. And he he's a former NFL player. He's very well-regarded. If they went that route, um, I mean, if they went the college route, like, you know, if you want to make connections to Nick Sirianni, Alex Grinch didn't have a good year at USC this past year, but he's someone he played at Mount Union um, with Sirianni, and he had really good defenses at multiple stops in college football, right? Um, but it, it, I also want to emphasize— He's a mean it, one, though. Because <laughs> he's the Grinch, yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be— and, and look, I, I was guilty of this. I was guilty of this in my story today. Because it's natural. He's, a little, he's a bit green, don't you think? <laughs> it's it's natural. It's natural to make connections to say Sirianni knows this person or worked with this person, and that is, I mean, admittedly, that is how how Who? a lot of hires are made. Hmm. What? <laughs> but but you don't have to just hire somebody you know, right? And I want to make that clear: you don't have to just hire somebody you know. So uh, it's very easy in the media to make. You know, he worked with X or he knows what he worked with or he knows why he played with this person. The cohabitation matrix, bring bring in different people, bring in someone you've never met before. But in you either respect when you watch film them or you hear good things about them. Um, you never know. That's that's a great way to to to, to hire the best candidate is is to bring in different people. I do think there is there is a a personality dynamic though. Like some people have have floated Mike Zimmer, um, and it sounds like he may be going to Arizona with with Gannon anyway. But like Mike Zimmer, you know the crotchety, cantankerous, like everybody hates him, does not really seem to be like a a culture match with with Nick Sirianni in the same building, don't you think? Like I think that stuff matters. Oh yeah, I mean I I definitely think personality matters, um, but. I mean, Jim Schwartz had a different personality than Doug Peterson, you know, I, and I, I think, uh, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be one for one, but there, you know, it has to fit within, within the overall parameters of, of where and how you want the, how do you think we'll look back on the Jonathan Gannon era? (laughs) I mean, this is a polarizing topic here. Look, we said before the season, back when, when Shield was, was still on with us, that they need to have a top 10 unit. Isn't that what I, I think that's the way you and Shield framed it. They had number six based on DVOA. They had the number one pass defense this year based on DVOA. They set a franchise record with 70 sacks. And uh, I think he had, I think he, he, he had more success than probably the, the um, reputation suggests, uh, but he did not have a good Super Bowl. And I think part of that had to do with the fact that they played the best player in the NFL, but they didn't offer much resistance to him, and especially in the second half of that game. 
and they gave up a 10-point lead, and they did not stop them once in the second half of the game. And that cannot be ignored. When when the era is looked back on, the biggest game, the biggest game, um, they, 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 they needed to play better defensively. And it's not just that Patrick. it was Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes in his two games against the Eagles played better than he played against any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. Like Pat, they did, they did worse against Patrick Mahomes than every other team. I, yeah. I, I think all of that stuff, I think he had a, you know, he had a very good year. It's hard to parse out the schedule, but I, I think the legacy of Jonathan Gannon will be that his defense against really good quarterbacks wasn't interesting enough and couldn't get it done. I think that will. I, th- I think he had a very good year, but I think that will be the legacy. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, look, I mean, we, again, we, we don't need to, we don't need to keep relitigating this. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, the schedule only seems to come up when the defense is discussed and not when the offense is discussed, which I always find to be a, a curious, uh, a curious way to go about because this. When the Eagles played a good defense, well, they still performed well on offense. What's that? I lost you there from a Siri thing. Again. <laughs> can say, yeah, can you say that again? Oh. Yeah, call Emily Berman. <laughs> she's she's working right now, but uh, she would have a lot to say. So we, we don't need to have her. <laughs> um, no, I think. Uh, because the offense is like self-evidently really good. Okay, uh, I mean, I, yeah. I think the, the path, yeah. Uh, uh, well, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the offense. Uh, the offense was. Let's see here. Uh, the Eagles were number three overall in DVOA. Uh, the offense was number three. The defense was number six. So you, I mean, I think that the defense was was evidently really good too. They had 70 sacks. They had a turnover in all but two games this season or, or a takeaway in all but two games this season, right? And like if 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 the defense is getting credit for beating up bad quarterbacks or not getting credit, I, I should say, for for beating up bad quarterbacks, I mean, look at, I'm, I'm looking at the bottom, the 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 bottom five of, of uh, like here, this is offensive DPOA. Let me look at defensive DPOA here. Um, okay. The, the, the bottom of offensive DVOA. Okay. 32 is Chicago Eagles played them. Okay. Uh, 29 is, is, uh, is giants. Eagles played them twice. 28 is the lions. Eagles played Eagles played them. 27 is Minnesota. Eagles played them. 26 is Jacksonville. Eagles played them. 24 is Arizona. Eagles played them. 22 is Houston. Eagles played them. 20 is Green Bay. Um, you know what the difference is, Zach? What's that? Number one is San Francisco. Number two yeah. is Dallas. And they put yeah. up over 30 points on both of them. So when they had to play the best, <laughs> they still performed very well. That's the difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when um, the proof was in the pudding, as uh, Mrs. Slay might say. <laughs> True. True. They showed up. That's the difference. Fair. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting couple weeks. We'll see. We'll see how things turn out. Obviously, we'll we will be uh, paying close attention, both uh, on the show and on the athletic. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, let's turn our attention a little bit, Zach, before we close things out to uh, locker room yesterday. Uh, clean out. What, uh, what were the things that jumped out to you? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to turn this the back to you first. big fight between A.J. Brown and yeah. not Juju Smith-Schuster, but Martin Frank. I'm going to turn this back to you because because you were front and center for AJ. Um, what did you hear AJ say? I, I mean, I heard the recording, but mm. I I admittedly I was in the back, and it's hard for me when I'm in the back to kind of yeah. hear hear what they say. And he was no. going he he wasn't quite all the way to yeah. an Alshon level, but yeah. he was talking low. Wait, before we get to AJ, we should we I mean Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts, so we just need to establish that. Um, he I, I think that's been established. <laughs> no, so uh, the fact that he spoke. Uh, the contract is the big t- is a huge topic this offseason. He said he wants to win championships. There's going to be a day to talk about the contract, but today's not the day. So he didn't really address it, but our expectation is the deal comes up. Um, the the next part here, uh, yeah, he 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 want the Super Bowl is going to linger with him. Uh, he said that he remembers. And I talked about this in the post-game pod. He lost a very similar game as a freshman in college when he scored a game-winning touchdown – or, a, a, sorry, go-ahead touchdown with two minutes to go. Then Deshaun Watson got the ball last for a last meaningful drive. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson leads the leads Clemson on a go-ahead touchdown the way, or a game-winning touchdown. And he said he, re, he remembers that day saying – they were the next day saying sophomore year begins now. And he says his fourth year begins now. And – He's he's motivated to get back to the winner's circle. So that's what uh, Jalen Hurts said. I'll, let me know what A.J. Brown said. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was a controversial thing that A.J. Brown said. He said basically what I said in the postgame pod, that once they – when they got kicked a field goal to go up 26-21, he said he knew deep down that they might lose. And that was the truth. We mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about they had that 10-point buffer – they had a if we score touchdowns every time we get the ball, we will win the game that was in their hands. And when they had to settle for that field goal and you only go up six against Patrick Mahomes, he knew deep down. And he, you know, he seemed to be the guy who was of everybody in the locker room, uh, whether it was how he was really feeling or not, who was really, you know, sort of uh still hurt by the loss. And we saw him in the locker room. He was he was a little bit um animated. I don't know what about. Um, I'm sure he wanted the ball more um and thought he could make a difference, but um, when they once that once they lost that buffer, losing was very much on the table, um, if not probable, and and so he admitted that. Um, and then you know he was asked about if they get the ball at the end, do they think do they think they would have won? You know he he said he he'd like to think so. Um, 
but that became that became like a a polarizing thing quickly because it was like he it was as if he said he knew they were going to lose that's not quite what he said but he's he referenced you know uh playing the chiefs last year with the titans and having a similar situation they threw an interception and he knew then mm-hmm. that that you know they were probably going to lose the game you can't give you know you can't give patrick mahomes an inch right yeah yeah i mean look they they needed touchdowns and they got a field goal and they got um a three and out there in the fourth in the second half and uh, the defense did them no favors. It's going to be annoying that like Nick Sirianni's press conference is not going to be for like two weeks and there's going to be all this stuff about coaching staff and I'm going to still have to ask him about punting on fourth and three because no one's asked him about it yet. Or you can ask him about explosive plays just to adj- adjudicate the... Uh... Well, that's already been decided. That's on you guys to settle. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with what A.J. Brown said. I, I, I don't think it was controversial. I think that it was... It was very clear they had a chance to lose that game in the second half, right? I mean that it was. Yeah. It, I didn't think what he said was uh, controversial. Um, James Bradbury, who turned into the man of the evening last night, James Bradbury, who he he spoke about free agency. Uh, it was it was brought up to him. He says he thinks he's earned top dollar. Uh, he wants to win somewhere, but he's got to be paid accordingly. The roster is going to matter to him. Years is going to matter to him, not like long term, but he wants he wants to unpack his bags a bit, right? So uh, that's that's something to watch there. I, I did ask him about the accountability factor, which Bo wrote about in his day after column. And what James said was that he he viewed it like he only had two options. He could he could accept responsibility or he could blame somebody else. And he said the way you know he was raised by his mom and what he's learned from coaches was to take accountability. What do you got there? Grapefruit bubbly. Grapefruit. Interesting. Not a big grapefruit guy. What about you, Marissa? Do you like grapefruit? I like grapefruit. Yeah, okay. I'm a big grapefruit fan. Interesting. Yeah. Grapefruit. It's too bitter for me. Mm. I like that, though. I like eating an actual grapefruit, but they're very yeah, messy. Me- oh. Yeah, you need, well, you need the spoon. The spoon, yeah. With the ridges. Because yeah. it used to be a big thing at my uh, at my grandma's house. Mm. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like it's an old person thing. I like a grapefruit. Okay. I'm in on the grapefruit. Grapefruit. Yeah. Uh, I'm so anti grapefruit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, as as we were, <laughs> might as well we might as well call it uh, CRT. You're so anti. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Paul, yeah, that, that is that's wrong. That is like I. That's I don't get it. So that's right. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a joke and poor taste. Okay. Yeah, very poor taste. Um. <laughs> um okay so uh to get back to what we were saying so yeah james bradbury discussed um that he, he discussed the accountability factor elsewhere quez Watkins. quez Watkins was dealing with an injury ever since the tennessee game a sprained shoulder uh grade two i believe yeah, this I is funny this this is like a, a this is a classic uh locker room clean out day trope where guys yeah. it, like kaiser white did the same thing said he was dealing with an ankle injury yeah for like uh, a five-week spell yeah um, yeah, so he, uh, Quez, but Quez says he, he, he did not, he, he, he regressed the season. He said it was mental. He needs to play better. Um, so, mental, so huh? something to watch there. What, what was, did he expand on that? That it was mental? Like confident or not. Con- he, he, he said he, he let things get to him there. He, he said it was because mm-hmm. I asked him if it was his circumstance or he said, no, it was just him. He, he you know, and, and then the injury too. Obviously. Do you think Quez Watkins will be the number three receiver next year? 
I think it'll be actually no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I either. don't. Um, I think it'll be a third round rookie. Do you think Quez Watkins could be traded this offseason? Yeah, but who's who's trading for Quez Watkins? That's a fair question. Yeah, I mean he he's shown something in the past. Yeah, I mean he right? he, he he provides an element yeah. to an offense. He's 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 there for spacing, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that something, I, I think the Eagles can find a third receiver who can also return for them. Punts and kicks. Yeah. That wow. would be Britain Covey hater. No, I, I actually like Britain. Um, he grew on me. I like, I like Britain Covey. Yeah. I'm in on Britain Covey. Uh, yeah. If they bring Britain back, that's that. I think that's, that's, that's fine too. Um, he, he didn't have a. A great season, but I I think he did improve as 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 the year went on. I, I think by the end of the year, he was one of the better punt returners yeah. in the league by the numbers. Yeah, yeah, and he, he and he showed some juice in the Super Bowl too. Yeah, he sure did. A good punt. Yeah, so yeah, I I'm not saying they they need to up. I'm I'm just saying if there's a, I mean, yeah, you can always have talent in the building. Right? This is going to be the this is going to be such a good flu world order. Hmm. Which game is that again? Yeah, and so that, when we when we rank back? the likelihood of who's back, yeah. Okay, okay, awesome. Can't wait. Great. Um, wait. Uh, elsewhere in the locker room, I saw. A you know which picture. way? On, the the, wait, the wait, one wait, that the, the, put out a picture of like the interviews, and it looked like you were Hassan Reddick's bodyguard. I, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I didn't see this. Okay, I'm gonna send Marissa this. Or I'm gonna put it in the Slack thread. Maybe Actually, Marissa, Marissa I would like to up. Slack you a picture too if you're able to get it up quickly. Oh, God, because it's I, worth. I, it's not. This is not a Zach picture. Okay. Good. Uh, let me see here. This is this is good stuff. The one thing that, that that we didn't talk about that AJ Brown, you know, was mentioning. I'm I, the punt is still is still the one that hangs with me, but you could make the case that they should have gone for it on fourth and six on that drive. Yeah, no that that's a good point too. Up three points. That's a good point too, Marissa. The in in this tweet that I sent you, the first photo here. <laughs> with Hassan Reddick. <laughs> I'll pull it up. I don't know if we can put it on the screen or not. Um, but uh this this was from the Eagles Twitter account and I saw it. And it really looks like Bo is Hassan Reddick's bodyguard in this photo. Just based Could you on... imagine a scenario in which I would be Hassan Reddick's bodyguard? <laughs> based on the way Bo is standing, his, where would, his where would we have to be that that he would need protection from me? <laughs> Everybody else is Looking at Hassan Reddick, Bo is <laughs> looking out <laughs> here. Uh, do you see the photo, Bo? Do you see it? Uh, no, let me see. Uh, I slacked it to us, Marissa. I also slacked you a photo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can start to see that. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, but I do kind of look like his bodyguard. Yeah, I bring that as a boy saying you were front more like his you... like press agent, obviously. Yes, yeah. I'm not anyone's bodyguard, yeah. especially Just... his. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we now yes, have it on the screen. Yeah. So, uh, what did Hassan Reddick say when uh, when you were guarding him there? Nothing particularly interesting. I don't think. Uh, okay. He said he's not a look back guy. He's a look ahead guy. Uh, he's excited to have an off season for the first time in three years where he doesn't have to worry about where he's going to be playing next year, uh, and he can he can stay home, which is nice. And, uh, you know, this is the NFL change comes every year. So and the defense is going to look a lot different next year. There and maybe he'll, maybe he'll take on a slightly more leadership role. Okay. 
Do you have the other photo, Marissa? Yes, I have it. Okay. This was, I thought, the most interesting part of Locker Room Cleanout Day. Um, this, if you will see <laughs> uh, for the viewers, are two, like, in the, in the locker, in the Eagles locker room, they have these laundry bins um, that are enormous that everybody puts their clothes in, you know, their, their, their practice clothes, they wash them and all that stuff. What you have here is two enormous la uh, laundry bins filled to the brim with packages. And you look at these packages and you're like, oh, this is interesting. Is this all trash? What is this? No, these two laundry, uh, laundry bins are filled to the brim with packages all addressed to Josh Sweat. <laughs> These are all of Josh Sweat's unopened packages. Who knows how long they've been sitting there. Uh, Zach, do you think these are computer parts? What do we think is going on here? Let's speculate. Well, well the top one on the left definitely is, the white box. Now, I, I okay. can't tell you what the Amazon one is, but the top one on, on the left is a computer box. Um, the right is uh, the in the plastic shield. That's... Headphones that the Eagles were giving away to the players, personalized headphones. Mm. Um, I, the Amazon boxes, I I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> I he is the opposite of my son, who uh, is also let me see, who's not six five. Many ways. Yeah, he's not yeah. six five two sixty and runs a four four. Um, but my son, I imagine, is is like many of us on here, who who gets like an endorphin rush from opening packages. Um, you know, when my son opens birthday presents, it's like the op the opening of it is more exciting than I think than what the actual present is. He the it's 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 the thrill, the mystery of it. And he's getting a package today, something I got him at, at, at Best Buy, and he gave me strict orders not to open the package. Right? He wants to he wants to open the package. So uh, yeah, Josh Sweat apparently doesn't get that same endorphin rush from opening up the package. Maybe he does, but he's been saving the endorphins throughout yeah. the season. Otherwise, you know, who know what would happen? Yeah. He'd be jumping off sides every play. I've I've never worked at all at like a traditional office, but is this is this a common thing to get things so, sent to your office as opposed to your home? I think a lot of guys get stuff sent to the facility yeah. because then someone's always there to sign for it. Oh, um, good. yeah, they're not going to be home yeah. when they're okay. not home and when they're on the road, and if they don't yeah. have a significant other, um, and if it's expensive packages. You don't want it sitting out. Yeah. Um. So I know a lot of Michael, some of Michael's friends on the team, their wives told me they always get stuff sent yeah. to the facility instead of their residence. Um, that makes yeah. more sense. I thought it was a privacy thing when I first heard about it. Because well, in, in 11 years in the locker room, I've, I've heard guys always want stuff sent to the locker room instead of the house. But now that you frame it that way, Marissa, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it could be both. Like if you lived in a, an apartment complex and you didn't want everything, you know, in the mailroom saying your name, yeah. but, um, you know, it's definitely way more secure by sending packages to the facility. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, as always, Zach's got a, a radio hit coming up, so we better, uh, I have, better I, I have an athletic podcast. Okay. That I'm doing, um, that, that they need to do today and that I'm available today. So that is, that is what it is. Let's let's not. It's it's our Colts podcast. Make sure you check that out. Um, we'll be talking to Shane Steichen with the great Zach Kiefer. Mm, that's right. Uh, okay, Zach. Is there anything else that you uh, you think we should talk about? Is there anything else from the from the game? cleaning up the Super Bowl oh. that that you know we didn't give enough time to, or that um, you've been thinking about? 
Oh, well, I mean, I, I, so the fourth and three, I listened back to our podcast and I agreed, I agreed that they should have, um, so I, I guess I, I want to clarify this. Okay. I'm, I was totally on board with what you said, that they should have gone for it on the fourth and three where I disagreed with you on is that, uh, like, I think the 65 yard punt return mattered. Okay. That's where you and I disagreed, but I think that argument kind of got misinterpreted by some to mean that I I was defending the punt. I was not defending the punt. I think they should have gone for it. And I looked it up, and the in that situation this year, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me here. I think they're five of seven when they've gone for fourth and three. Okay, anywhere now, on the field? Anywhere on the field? Five of seven on fourth and three. Uh, I'm going. Um, they've gone for now they punted in that situation more than they have, or they haven't gone for it in that situation on, on that spot of the field that they've, they've been punting, um, there, but here, let me pull this up. Um, it was a short three also, cause it yeah. was originally ruled as a two. Um, I, I just think that punting there was a misunderstanding of the game that you were yeah. playing in in that moment. I think it had become clear that that game was yeah. all about possessions and scoring touchdowns on your possessions, and that was the only way to win. And giving that up on a, on a reachable first down when you have been so good on offense in the game anyway, and it, it, it should have been a likely pickup, was was uh, failing in the moment. I think I think that was the biggest play of the game. Dan Orlovsky has something out about the third down right before that as the play that's going to really haunt the Eagles. What were your thoughts on that third down now that you've gone back and had a chance? To think? Well, I think it was a really bad play if you weren't going to go for it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like it, it seemed in real time like they called that play with the expectation that they would then go for it on fourth down, mm -hmm. right? Great. Yep. Similarly, uh, the, the play which we maybe didn't give quite enough um, discussion to at the end of the first half, when you had the ball on the 19 with 15 seconds left in a timeout and the, you run one play and it's a five-yard crosser to Kenny Gainwell, I think you got to be able to come away with one shot at the end zone in that in that situation. That's a good point, too. Uh, Professor Soman had something up. I, I got to admit, after the the uh, the Harrison Bucker field goal, I was I was like, all right, they lost this game. And I saw the Hail Mary at at the end, but I honestly, I was, I was writing, I was preparing, I, I was doing a bunch of things. Um, I did not see this until Professor Selwyn posted it up that Kenny Gainwell actually had a chance to return that kickoff there. There was a seam there that, that could have oh, changed really? things. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see that. He put it on, on Twitter. So you, so you could check if you, if you're watching this, I imagine you followed in his, um, you can check that out, but there was a seam there where, uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying they, they, I'm sure that he was told. He was told. That's what I'm saying. All, like, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. He was He was told to get down. But when you just look at the amount of time that was on the clock, yeah. um, they were only really going to run one play anyway. So there's probably time to get some yardage on that return and set up a, a Hail Mary. With the Hail, with the Hail Mary, there's been this uh, – again, I, I don't want to – I don't want to defeat a straw man argument, and I, I certainly don't think – like. X amount of people on social media as representative of a general opinion. But there's just been this thought that Jalen Hurts like didn't have the arm strength there. And Jalen Hurts slipped. very clearly said that he stepped on Jason Kelsey's heel and that affected mm -hmm. his, his throw 
And when you watch the film, you see that occur. So uh, the other thing they could have done, if you look at it, because they were only rushing two, mm -hmm. they could have just started have Jalen Hurts running down the field behind his five offensive linemen. I mean, he probably wouldn't have scored, but he could have got. I mean, it, it could have been close. Yeah, um, but that's 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 certainly something to think about there. I, I think uh, overall, I, look, we, I think the field thing we didn't we didn't talk maybe enough about. I still think I, I I just think it was much of a it was much more about it being embarrassing for the league and similarly yeah. the the Bradbury call like those are things that reflect poorly on on the league than I think were the reason that the Eagles lost I mean well, the Bradbury so, yeah. call is a huge reason that they lost but so the field thing it, look it, it affected both both pass rushers it, it affected pass rushers from both sides um, it uh, it affects people who are turning corners right the most that those are the guys who are slipping. And so the Eagles edge rushers were very clearly when I, when I went and watched the game back, like you could see Hassan Reddick on the ground and Ted Gwynn has, has, has something up um, about this too. So it, uh, but it definitely affected the Eagles. And it is something that as, as we look back at this game, we'll, I, I will think about um, the thing where I, I, I think the, where Gannon's defense and the Eagles' defensive game plan is more problematic than than it, where it, it, it really sticks out to me is the Chiefs were doing things with motion that the Eagles were just not prepared for and not making it. If they were prepared for it, they did not adequately show it. They did not make adjustments to that, and I think that's where uh, I, I I think that was a problem. Patrick Mahomes beat them. Patrick Mahomes was he's he's the MVP for a reason. But the Eagles didn't put enough didn't put up enough resistance for things that that uh, they were out schemed in in addition to being outplayed. And I think that was the problem with the defense. Yeah. And then and then the other thing that jumped out when I watched it was Jalen was was so good, unbelievable. Right? But the running game was not good. The running game was not. Yeah, and I and I, yeah. and I, I was, that was still the biggest thing that surprised me. Yeah, um, was how ineffective the Eagles' running game, absent Jalen Hurts, was. Um, and I think that I think that was a huge deal in the game because if they could have approached that second half the way that they normally approach the yeah. second half and been able to run the ball and and uh, kill a little bit more clock, it would have changed the calculus. Yeah, hundred percent. Jalen was their running game, and yeah, that that jumped out too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you have something else to say? No, I, I, I was just going to say we're still expecting to hear from Nick Sirianni at some point this week. I think Bo is going to have um, any updates for you there, and we'll be back. Uh, if well, it's this week, I hope. If it's next week, it's you. Okay. Yeah, I've got to imagine it's this week. Um, but well, Maybe uh, they'll wait till they, change, till they finalize the staff. They've done that before. No, the coach is always uh, – someone is required to talk this week. So Okay. Um, but we will, uh, we'll, between the schedules, we got to find a time in these next few weeks to uh, chat with you, our audience. But um, we will, we have the combine coming up in a week and a half. And we are going to have a live podcast from Indianapolis. It's going to be great to see Marissa. And um, yeah, I was going to say, you know, the, the, as, I was gonna say pregnant, Marissa. I I I, I didn't know if you're comfortable with Careful. me calling you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited but, to see you guys too. It should yeah. be a fun week. 
So that's why I was hesitant. I, I didn't want to call out like, like the baby bump, but yeah, I'm yeah. excited to see, yeah, I'm excited to see Marissa. Yeah. Marissa, how often do people, random strangers on the street, just try to touch your belly? Oh, uh, that's I a violation. Not, <laughs> not yeah, that's that what I'm asking. Yet. Like it happens like way too often. Yeah. Like yeah, not that people often think yet. they can just, just touch a pregnant belly. It's still like smallish. Um, it's not the please touch museum growing by the minute. Uh, I'm very hungry all the time. So hopefully we have lots of meals in Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> down for I'm, that. I'm ready for your list of good restaurants. Oh, I'm down for that. You're joining us, Marissa. I have some yeah. good places. Perfect. Uh, Marissa, I, 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 I mean, before we jump off, I, I don't know if I've told this story on the pod before, but this is one that, that always cracks Emily up is um, there was someone who, who we worked with, who, who Emily knew um, from high school who was very clearly pregnant, right? And then we saw, and like anyone who saw her, she was probably eight months pregnant at, at that point. And anyone who saw her could, could you know, could tell. And and uh, and we would see pictures of her on social media. And then we would say, did you congratulate her? Or like ask her how she's feeling or whatever it was. And I was like, I thought you can't bring that up, right? Like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, well, once that obvious, you're allowed to. I was like, I, I thought it's offensive if it, you know, if if you bring up if if you bring that up to somebody. What's so the? She probably thought you were just being rude and didn't. Exactly. Yeah, that's what Emily said. That like, it gets to a point where you're rude if you don't acknowledge it. But but then when's it like when's it too early to or? I think I I thought you, I see Claire in the chat saying I'm I am right here. What's the the threshold for when you're allowed to bring it up or do you have to wait for someone to bring it up and acknowledge it first? I mean, like I've very yes, clearly so. announced it. So yeah. I feel like it's like a, no, but thing. someone you see at, if, if a random person oh. at the combine said, said, Oh, when you do, or how are yeah. you feeling? Is that appropriate? Or, um, I mean, I feel like if they know that I'm pregnant, yeah. But if yeah. they didn't know, I okay. think that would be like a little weird. Yeah. If you're not a hundred percent, yeah, yeah, you gotta, like, yes. yeah, yes. you gotta like check your, you know, check your sources. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you need two. You need two independent sources. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Maybe we'll be back uh, at some point this week. Maybe we'll be back next week. Who knows? We'll see. So, for Zach and Marissa, I am Bo, your 2022 Swooper Swordcasting Champion. Thanks, Swooper And on behalf of all of us, we thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. And as always, we love you.